Hey, I'm Adam. And I'm Brian. Of Everyone Has a Podcast, and you're listening to Pop Goes Your World. I'm Chris McBrien, and the pop culture from Generation X is everything to me. And I'm Derek Myers, and I'm here to educate Chris on the great pop culture of today's generation. Episode 90, what TV show should I binge watch next? Chris McBrien, that's Derek Myers. This is Pop Goes Your World. You'll be able to find us on Twitter at Amaron underscore DM for Derek, at C McBrien for myself. If you happen to download the show on iTunes, take a minute, leave us a review. We'd obviously really appreciate that. Derek, how's everything going, my friend? Going well this week, Chris. How about you? I am very, very excited. Uh, I mean, I love doing this show with you every week, as you know. Uh, very excited because we have a guest with us. This is the first time that you and I, since we've sort of taken over doing this show together, uh, that we're going to have a guest together. So it's very exciting. And it's uh, one of my favorite guests. Um, so I'm going to bring him in right away and then we'll get started. All right. Sound good? For sure. All right. Yeah, absolutely. So, so our guest this week is Justin Mason. You probably know Justin from the Friends with Fantasy Benefits podcast. He's also on The Sleeper in the Bust with Paul Sporer and Jason Collette. You'll find him on Twitter at Justin Mason, F-W-F-B. Justin Mason, welcome back to the show, my friend. Well, I, I felt like I had to come back, and thank you for having me, because <laughs> you guys no longer have a millennial on the show. So... Even though technically I'm an older millennial, I guess uh, I'm bringing the millennial flavor back with the antsy gone. That's awesome. But we definitely need you to do that. I should also mention, uh, Justin, if you don't know, is married to Danielle Salinger, who was a guest on our show here back on episode 47 when we did um, Childhood Celebrity Crushes. And Justin, you, as you mentioned, this is your return to the show because you last joined us on episode 31 when we did reality TV shows. Mm-hmm. And that was a lot yes. of fun. By the way, I should say congratulations to to you and Danielle. Since we last spoke in person, you welcomed a new uh, member to your family. So congratulations. Thank you. Uh, uh, it's been uh, a little hectic. And uh, oddly enough, I haven't been watching as much TV as I normally do because mm-hmm. I've been home on paternity leave. I do most of my TV watching at work. Right. So, uh, <laughs> if, if you're Justin's boss, turn off the show now. <laughs> yeah, she's, I'm, I'm glad she doesn't know what a podcast is, much less uh, <laughs> listen to one. So, uh, but uh, yeah, no, it's uh, it's been really nice being home and being with a kid, heading back to work next week, and then school uh, the week after that. So life is about to change drastically. But uh, thank you. Nice, nice. And how's the off season of baseball going for you? You're a big baseball guy, obviously. The podcasts that I mentioned that you're on are all baseball related. How's the off season? Uh, there is no off season. There is none. Uh, That's right. <laughs> uh, uh, unfortunately, I think some people take off a month or two to kind of uh, regroup and refresh themselves. But I also cover football. Uh, and because I run my own site on top of working at two or three other sites, uh, I have to really just keep going all it's actually this is the busy season for me. So wow. Things actually start to calm down a little bit once the actual season starts. Man, I used to take like November, December, January off when I was doing Dear Mr. Fantasy, but uh, but I definitely know what you mean. Um, so what's going on? What's new in, in the world of pop culture for, for you, Justin? Anything that's been going on lately? I know you've been a busy guy. See any movies or anything like that? Uh, you know, I haven't. Oh, actually, I, I went and saw First Man, and I went and saw... Uh, the Mary Poppins movie. We we do a Christmas movie every year, and so uh, oh, nice. How was it? Uh, 
Uh, I thought it was really well done. It obviously can't be the original, uh, but I thought it was. Uh, I thought it was a nice homage. It, it it really they threw some things back to the original uh, uh, movie, and, but also made it new and uh, and it, but really kept with the kind of classic themes of it. I was really afraid. I'm really afraid of a lot of remakes. Did you uh, like? Did you like the original? Were you like a fan of the original Mary Poppins movie? I, I watched it when I was a really little kid and didn't see it again until recently. We watched it with my eight-year-old daughter uh, prior to going and seeing the new one. Uh, I enjoyed it. I, it, it. I'm not a musical guy uh, in general, and I, musicals tend to be a little boring for me. But if, for what it is, for a kid's movie and uh, kind of a classic movie, I thought it was very enjoyable. I had a buddy of mine over last night. We were having a beer and we were talking, and he mentioned that movie. And he goes, oh, "I really like the original Mary Poppins." I was like, "What?" I don't. It just it struck me as being odd. I didn't. I've never seen it. And then over Christmas, my wife said to the like, "We have two boys. I've my, my boys are like nine and six. And she said, "Oh, let's watch Mary Poppins." So she put it on. They were both bored by it. They didn't like it. And I, I was like, "Oh, I don't see what the big deal is here either." But um, I don't know. It's just me. My daughter liked it because it was uh, because of the music. Right. Uh, right. She, she really it. loves music and uh, much more so than me. Uh, another cool thing I've, or I've gotten into recently because I have been home and mm-hmm. I've been watching TV, but it's mostly like whatever's on at four o'clock in the morning on FX. Uh, I got into a show called Mom, and it's uh, with Alice and Janie, uh, and I'm blanking on the chick's name from Scary Movie uh, that it, that's the star of it. And it's uh, an Anna Ferris. Anna Ferris, yeah. yes. Uh, and it's about a. Uh, a mom, two two women who are uh, recovering alcoholics mm-hmm. and new in sobriety, and I'm a recovering alcoholic, and it's there are obviously things that Hollywood takes liberty with uh, very often with alcoholism and AA and uh, especially, um, and I think this is one of the few times where I've seen a really interesting and in, uh, a better portrayal of Alcoholics Anonymous and alcoholism and what it's like to be sober, especially early on. Uh, and so it's a, it's a good show. Nice. And Derek, anything new in the world of pop culture for you? Uh, well, the only thing I want to mention was uh, we had the Golden Globes last since we last recorded our, our last episode. Um, and there were, shall we say, some surprise winners in the movie categories anyway. Uh, Bohemian Rhapsody ended up uh, winning for Best Picture and Remy Malek and his portrayal of Freddie Mercury won for uh, Best Lead Actor. And, uh, I mean, you and I talked about that movie. We've done a show on Queen. Um, You know, I think it was a surprise to a lot of people that both he and the movie walked away with those awards. And it'll be interesting to see how this Golden Globe win uh, potentially shapes the Oscar campaign for this movie. Um, And I think as as you and I had discussed after seeing the movie, uh, it was entertaining. I mean, I enjoyed it. It was entertaining. The music, obviously, the music of Queen is great. Um, as we said before, the the movie takes a little bit of liberties with the facts in some places, and um, you know that some people were not happy with that. But I guess uh, the voting body of the Golden Globes felt that uh, it was more important to have a good time than to be accurate. And uh, ended up giving out the award. So I can't we'll, we'll imagine. See. Do you think that Rami Malek will win the Oscar? I can't imagine he's going to win the Oscar for that. There's no way he's going to beat Christian Bale for Vice. There's no uh, way, is he? I, I agree. I agree. Based on what I've been hearing on the various shows and what I've been reading, uh, I, I agree. But 
hey man, Hollywood can be a strange place, and yeah. uh, if if it was a guaranteed for sure thing, they wouldn't do the awards, right? It's true. So. This is true. They, as, as Justin would say, they give out the pen in April, which they don't do. Mm-hmm. Um, now, because speaking of Queen, and because I'm old, um, I should mention that one of the gifts that I got for Christmas was the Queen three CD set of like their greatest hits one, two, and then like the collaboration. And of course, because I'm old, it's it's a CD. You know, uh, but it was so because I listen to it in the truck when I'm driving around. So I got the CD. So anyway, so I put the CD on. I'm driving around and the kids are with me driving around. And now they're really getting into Queen. So it's awesome. They love Don't Don't Stop Me Now and Flash. I put on Flash Gordon and my wife is like, what is this song? It's a song's <laughs> annoying. And then, I, of course, you know how there's like in the middle of the song, there's all these like spoken parts from the movie Flash Gordon. And I'm like yeah. repeating them all. I'm like, dispatch Woolrock and Ajax to bring back his body. And she's like, how do you know all this? What is what is going on here? Like, it's a song, man. I love that. So you guys ready to go? I am. All right. Let's hit it. I mean, we love him. We hate him. We agree. We disagree. Freddie Mercury is the greatest singer who, who ever was. He is the greatest singer that ever will be. Some of the things in Freddie Mercury's real life were uh, possibly X-rated. <laughs> there is no way Rocky was a better movie than Taxi Driver. I love this idea. Probably the greatest film that's ever made. And I just picked it on a whim. And we can have a couple beers and we can play Escape from the Death Star. Walking in a winter wonderland. I try to pick something Christmas. This is a Fargan trick question. Okay, so I brought Justin on the show for one particular reason. Well, two particular reasons. Number one, Justin, you're my friend. Uh, But also, I've been saying for a couple of episodes now how um, I need to watch – I need a new TV show to binge watch. I I, I binge watched some shows. I'm in need of some shows. So the last one that I watched was Ozark, and I really liked it. Two seasons, great, waiting for the third season to come out. But in the meantime, I'm like, I need a new TV show to binge watch. So I thought, what better way than to bring Justin on and Derek? And I I just thought we'd go back and forth between you guys. And I want you to, like, suggest a show for me to binge watch and and kind of sell me on it. Tell me why I should watch it, and then I'll consider that. And we'll go from there. Justin, since you're our guest, do you want to start off? What... TV show should I binge watch next? Okay, because I don't know how long we're going to have. I'm going to just start with the heavy heater hitters okay. uh, first. I, I'm, I'm not going to like save it for, for my last uh, one because yep. I, I really want to impress upon you. And Derek and I actually have both had this one on his list, uh, and he was gracious enough to let me be the one to tell you, you must watch The West Wing. Okay. The West Wing uh, came out in 1999. It ran for seven seasons. Uh, it is a political drama starring uh, Martin Sheen, also as Allison Janney, uh, John Spencer, Bradley Whitford, uh, Richard Schiff, Dulé Hill. Uh, it is. Isn't Rob Lowe in it too? Rob Lowe was yeah, in it okay. for, uh, yeah. for a few seasons. Uh, Josh Molina ended up uh, uh, replacing him uh, after a contract dispute went bad. It's an Aaron Sorkin show. Uh, it is quite possibly, and at least in my opinion, it, it definitely is the greatest show ever made. Wow, it's uh, that good. Okay, so what what ha- what what happens in the show? What's it about that makes it, it so is, good? That it I is about, like it is about it is about a fictional president, uh, Jed Bartlett. Uh, it starts a, a year into his presidency. Uh, it's a administration that needs to get off the ground. Uh, they they kickstart it. It just it is a great mix of drama and comedy. Uh, and political theater, and if you are disenfranchised by the current political climate, uh, which many Americans are, I know you guys are Canadians, so mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys are as uh, 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 disenfranchised by it <laughs> as we Americans are. I don't even know what the word is for well, it. Let's, let, let, let me just put it to you like this, Justin. I've always been really, really 
glad to be uh, attached to the United States, we'll say, uh, until recently. I really wish yes. there was a little bit of space between us. No offense. I just wish I just wish I could keep you at arm's length for a little while. But, you know, I understand what you're saying. So is is this uh, this 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 the show the West Wing? It doesn't it, it's not a dysfunctional White House then, because we've already got one of those to watch every single night on. TV. No, it's it's not a dysfunctional uh, White House. It, it it comes from an era in which the end of the Clinton administration uh, and it's well, at least it starts at the end of the Clinton administration in real life um, in an era era where people, I think, still thought of politicians as wanting to help people, wanting to make a difference. Uh, and these people who are on this show definitely kind of embody that. Uh, but it's also super current. So I watch this show, it's seven seasons, and I watch it at least twice a year uh, from beginning to end. Wow. Yeah, I, I'm once a year myself. I, I binge watch this at least once a year. <laughs> I've probably seen the full run of the show at least ten times, and wow. I get something new out of it every time. And it, and a lot of the themes and topics and, and uh, politics they discuss are still largely relevant today, whether it's immigration or climate change or, uh, uh, you know, political or uh, the, the Supreme Court. Uh, there, there's everything is still very relevant today. And it really shows you as at least as an American country, how far maybe we haven't come. Mm -hmm. But also really just how well written it was by Aaron Sorkin uh, that he was able to really put in themes that still kind of run true today. Uh, it is amazing. Uh, it is amazing writing. It is amazingly acted. Uh, it is it launched the careers of uh, Alice and Janney uh, and Dulé Hill. Uh, Martin Sheen is fantastic in it. Uh, it, it just really is. It, it's, I believe, according to uh, IMDb, 118 wins uh, in terms of uh, awards between Golden Globes and uh, Screenwriters Guild and Emmys. Uh, it, at a time when The Sopranos was the most popular show on TV, it whooped The Sopranos every single year at the Emmys and the Golden Globes. Uh, so it, it's just a show that you have to watch. Uh, and if you don't, if you get through the third episode and you're not already hooked, we can no longer be friends. Okay. Well, I, I, <laughs> I guess I'm going to give it. Now, it's not available on Netflix. It is on Netflix. Now, here's the thing. There's something I think you need to understand, Justin. I don't know if you're aware of this, but I'm going to educate you on this. There's a difference between Netflix USA and Netflix Canada. And it's quite a big disparity, oh. actually. So Netflix USA probably has like, I don't know, 24,000 titles you log on it. into my Netflix account. Oh, okay. You know no, what? It's based on geography of where your uh, where your computer is located. We because when I travel into the U.S. and I use my Netflix password on my phone, I have access to U.S. Netflix while I'm in the U.S. So, in 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 cave, is it like twenty four thousand titles or something in the U.S. and the Canadian one has about twenty four hundred titles? It's like we're it's one tenth the population. Yes, we get yeah. one tenth, you know, the amount of Netflix shows. Yeah, that's not a very good conversion rate. No, it's not. So, yeah. ju just so you're aware, I don't. I think that. I think I might have looked for it on Netflix Canada before and it wasn't available. I mean, I could always, you know, take a look on, you know, DVD or, you know, on Android box or something like that if I really wanted to try and get a hold of it. But uh, I'll definitely put this on my list and I'll take a look at it. I If I yeah, watch the first I, season. After, after we get off air, you, yeah. you uh, give me your address. I will send you my DVD collection. 
<laughs> okay. Will you include? <laughs> will you box. also, if you're going to send me a box with all that stuff, in, will you throw in a box yes. of crunch berries in there for me? Crunch berries, yes. All right. Thanks. That's, that's awesome. Okay. So West Wing, seven seasons. And if I watch the first season and I don't like it, you and I can't be friends anymore. So pretty much. Okay. So there's some risk with me watching this show as well. So I'm going to mark that up. Okay. Caveman, what do you got for me? What's a show that I need to watch? Sell me on it. All right. Uh, Sorry, I'm going to back up and talk about the West Wing as well for a second, because as Justin mentioned, it was on my list, too. And uh, I actually have all the DVDs as well. And so I can I'm happy I'll lend you mine. It might be a little easier to get you those than uh, to get you Justin's. Yeah, but Uh, you don't send me crunch berries, so forget it. Oh, well, (laughs) (laughs) the truth comes out. Um, the, uh, the, uh, the, one of the other things with the West Wing that I find that, that makes it so rewatchable is, uh, it is, uh, written at least many of the episodes in the first few seasons are written by Aaron Sorkin and he is a master of dialogue and the show is very much dialogue driven. So once you've seen the episodes going back and watching them again, you don't actually have, you don't have to actually watch it. You can just listen to it. And you can still get a uh, a great experience out of it. Like, so I've seen the the run of the show a bunch of times. So now when I go through and rewatch it, I, I usually just listen to it through audio only. Like, say while I'm at work or while I'm traveling, I just have it on. I hear the audio, and because it's all dialogue, you you, uh, you get you get just as much out of it if you're just listening to it like an audio play as you do as if you were watching it. So. Well, I will say that- people forget that Aaron Sorkin was a playwright. Um, yes. And it still is a playwright, and he he writes, he he wrote the uh, I think every single episode in the first four seasons except for one, uh, because he was kind of an egomaniac and control freak. Uh, there's a great podcast called The West Wing Weekly, uh, done by one of the uh, actors that you can listen. They they go through every single episode uh, uh, of the show per episode, so you can kind of get a lot of behind the scenes stuff as well. I uh, highly recommend that if you're a West Wing fan. Uh, but yeah, it's it, it's beautifully written, and the dialogue is amazing. And you know, as you guys are talking about, it, I looked it up here on IMDb, and I noticed that one of the cast members uh, is Stalker Channing was in it, mm-hmm. and so I think yep. I may be sold on this because she was in Greece, she was Rizzo, and of course she was in one of my favorite movies of all time, The Fish That Saved Pittsburgh. So, geez, I think this one's going to win. Okay, Derek, what do you got for me? (laughs) All right. Uh, So, uh, as Justin mentioned, uh, I also have a very long list of things that I would love to sell you on. But Mm -hmm. in the interest of time, I know I'm probably not going to get through the whole list. So, I've narrowed it down to, you know, my my top five favorites. The top five I think I'll I'll have the best chance of selling you on. And, uh, again, yeah, I'm not going to necessarily go through best to worst or anything like that. I'm going to go chronologically, starting with the oldest – and okay. coming right up to shows oh. that are very recent. Oh, I hope and it's old. I-, I hope it's like Happy Days. Please be happy. So, days. well, <laughs> I'll tell you now. Of the ten or so I've got on my short list, yep. the oldest show started in two thousand and four. Oh man! So, well, then you know I haven't seen. At least you know I haven't seen it. <laughs> right, but but at least with this first one, I think it's got uh, some built in uh, some built in uh, um, opportunities here that'll sell you. So, okay. first one on my list is the reimagining of. Battlestar Galactica. Ooh, okay. So this this was uh, put out by the Sci-Fi Network. It ran from 2004 to 2009. It ran four seasons. Uh, it is a uh, a reimagining of the uh, original show that that ran in the 1970s. All the characters have 
well, not all the characters, but many of the characters have the same names as the previous characters. Uh, the premise is very much the same. It's got James Edward almost as uh, as as Adama. It's got uh, Mary McDonald as President Rosalind, um, and then. You know, again, a lot of the people that are were in this show have gone on to do bigger and better things. It sort of—I don't want to say started the career, but it it, it opened up the door for a lot of uh, up and coming actors. Um, uh, Katie Sackhoff played um, uh, Starbuck in this new one, and and wait, I think wait, 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 what's that? K- Katie played Star. There's a, Starbuck was a woman on this. Yes, Starbuck is a woman. Starbuck cause... can't be a woman. Starbucks. Starbuck is Dirk Benedict. Uh. Well, he actually a lot of the old cast make mm-hmm. appearances in this new show as different characters, um, but the new show actually calls back to the old show. So, although in the new show, like the Cylons look different, they do show the old Cylons, and they have in-story reasons for why things look different now than they did in the 1970s show. So, this is supposed to take place in the same world, uh, or at least have a lot of the the similar background. Um, it ran. Uh, it ran for what did it say here? About seventy-three episodes, and it was a really interesting take on how this uh, intellectual property could be updated uh, for a, a new generation. Uh, and um, no, it was it was quite good. It, it had a lot of uh, mystery going on. It was uh, you know they found out that there were. Um, Cylons that looked like people, and so part of the mystery of the show was: could some of your favorite characters actually be Cylons in disguise? And it, it, it was—it had that that sort of whodunit kind of feel to it, running through the background, while at the same time, it's this story of the refugees uh, from uh, uh, from uh, well, they're not from Earth; they were looking for Earth, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, the idea is that you know the Cylon robots uprise and they take over the world and everyone's like, oh my god, we got to get out of here. And then you know only a handful of people survive and they've got this fleet of ships. And apparently the the ships in the new uh, in the new imagining are very much the same, if not exactly the same, as the ships from the 70s. So if you are familiar with the show from the 70s and the way sort of the ships in the fleet look, mm-hmm. they retain that look. So when you see like shots of the fleet or shots of some of the key ships in the new episodes, they are the exact same or very similar to the old ships. So if you're familiar with the old uh, uh, show, if you enjoyed the old show, uh, I think that this is a good starting point. It's a good way to ease you into something that's a little newer. Uh, and uh, yeah, it is a very binge worthy. It, uh, it has these, these season wide story arcs along with the full uh, story arc that runs the entire length of the show. So Battlestar Galactica, uh, from 2004, give it a chance. I just, I'm, I'm going to be hesitant on this, and here's why: because I am such a fan of the original series. I mean, it only ran one one year, uh, but I mean, every Sunday night from eight to nine, when I was like an eight and nine year old kid, I would watch that show. Oh man, I love that show so much. And Justin, when Danielle was on the show, and we did our childhood crushes, I mentioned this show because I had the biggest crush on Marin Jensen. Uh, she was Athena uh, on the original show. I just, I have such. Um, an affinity for this show. And I have um, the oversized comic book. Derek, you know what I'm talking about. Those are great big. Oh, I have that one of Battlestar Galactica and I gave it to my son and we read it together. And I just, I have such an affinity for that old 70s show. I don't know. I'm torn whether or not I would watch this new one or not. I've heard good things about it. I think it was very critically acclaimed. Um, I just, the, the old one was so campy. 
you know, that was what part of the charm was for me on that one, too. Um, I don't know. I'm torn on this one. Uh, so, Justin, what do you got next for me? What, what, do I, what should I binge watch next? Give me another idea. Okay, so I'm going to go with The Wire, and I, I can't believe you've never seen this. Uh, it was a show that ran from 2002 to 2008, uh, took a year off. There was only five seasons. It is it covers the Baltimore drug scene um, through the lens of virtually anyone who could be involved. So police, uh, the drug dealers, uh, drug addicts, uh, the press in one season. Uh, and it really kind of changes themes every season. Is it kind of a different different theme? Uh, includes a lot of the same characters, but introduces a lot of new characters every season. It is one of the grittiest uh, crime dramas out there. It ran on HBO. Uh, it it just was so very well done. Uh, one of the main writers uh, of the of the series was a former Baltimore police officer. So uh, it's very accurate to the actual history of one of the uh, dirtiest cities. Uh, in America, uh, in a city that I used to live in, so and I, so I know a lot of this history and uh, experienced a lot of this kind of stuff, uh, kind of firsthand. Uh, a nine point three out of ten rating, uh, star rating on IMDb. Uh, it is talked about as one of the greatest shows of all time, uh, and j- just a must see. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you in on a little uh, secret about the wire. So mm-hmm. I mentioned we got done watching Ozark, and I said to my wife, "We got to find a new show to watch." So I did a little bit of research, and I went online, and basically every single critics list that I went through, including Entertainment Weekly, which I subscribe to, and, and I I really respect their 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 take on a lot of things. Almost every list that I looked at included the wire as the number one show, not just mm-hmm. to binge watch, the number one show of all time on television. I was like, whoa, this is like, this is pretty serious. Like, I mean, we're not, we're talking about the best show ever in the history of the medium. Like, it must be amazing. So we put on the very first uh, episode of the very first season and I put it on and watched it. And I'm going to be honest with you. I couldn't even make it through the whole thing. Wow. I know. And and I don't know. So this is why I want to know, does it get better like or because my take on it was that not that sh- just that it's kind of gritty and realistic. I know that's what they're going for. It mm-hmm. came off as sophomoric. I know this is good. I'm going to get emails for this. I'm sorry, but my when I watched it, I thought it was. It felt like it was done by a bunch of film school students that dropped out after the first semester. Like I was like, it. it the lighting looked weird. The the mm-hmm. staging looked weird. The sets were weird. I was like. It just didn't. It just didn't look professional. To, I don't know. It there's just, and I and I know I understand. It definitely has an unclean look, but I mm-hmm. think that is purposeful. And I get that Baltimore if they're going for is yeah. an unclean city. I get it that I they're would, going I for would, like a gritty, a realistic thing. But it didn't. It didn't feel like that. It felt more like it was like a cheaply done show. I don't know. I can't put my finger on it. I didn't like it. I noticed the one actor was the guy from uh, the Walking Dead. I don't know his name. He plays like uh, a priest in the Walking Dead. Was in this show. But uh, but it really struck me as being it like... It launched a lot of careers. Oh, I'm I mean, sure it did. Uh, yeah. uh, Il- Ildris Elba uh, is one of the main characters, uh, one of the drug dealers. Uh, Lance Reddick, uh, who would go on to, I think, Fringe and a number of other shows. Dominic West, uh, the lead character. It's it's a really, really good show. I, I think you need to give it the first full season. Uh, it is arguably the greatest season of television. 
uh, out there that first season. Season two, mediocre, but it picks right back into it in season three and four. Uh, and then season five is actually a pretty good ending uh, to the series. It You need to wait for all the characters in the first season to be introduced before you pass judgment. Because okay. Omar, okay. who is a drug dealer uh, mercenary of sorts, uh, is introduced, I think, in, in episode four. And he may be the greatest character in any series. Okay, well, I mean, I'm willing to go back and give it another try at some point. I don't know if I'm going to be able to convince my wife to watch it because she was like, I don't like the show. Um, but, yeah, it struck me. I, I'm willing to go back just because when I look at so many critics lists that all have it as the best show of all time, like over every other TV show, I'm like, I'm shocked on it. I should mention one thing, too. Just It just came to my mind. Um, Justin, I noticed today you sent out a tweet and you said, hey, I'm going to be going on Pop Goes Your World. I'm trying to convince Chris to watch, you know, binge watch these shows. And um, and uh, and I noticed you got a lot of responses to that. And one and there was these people mentioning all these shows, most of which I never even, never even really heard mm-hmm. of before. Like Some the, of them I had heard of. I know. And the one guy was like, hey, you got to watch Black Mirror. And I like unless Black Mirror is an episode of Good Times, like I've never seen it. You know, so Black Mirror's on my list. No, I have not seen a- almost any of those shows that were coming up on that list. But, I think uh, Black Mirror is more of a Yancey show than maybe you uh, would enjoy. But right, right. Um, I- I'm interested. I've never seen it either. So I, I it's definitely on my list of things. Uh, I mean, I watch a ton of TV when I'm at work, so it's definitely something that I will watch at some point. And I'm looking forward to uh, hearing uh, Caveman's uh, uh, discussion of it. Mm-hmm. OK, so uh, Caveman, what do you got for me? Uh, so I, I, as mentioned, I, I do have black, uh, uh, black mirror on my list, but mm-hmm. unfortunately it didn't make my top five. So if we don't have enough, I'll have to just give it the 32nd honorable mention, but, uh, okay. So I'm going to, uh, again, I started old, I'm getting new. And, uh, so we're going to go from, uh, from 2004 Battlestar Galacta. We're going to move to 2009. And, uh, the show I want to talk about is the good wife. So of all the shows on my list, this is the only show. That is from one of the traditional networks. This was uh, originally on ABC, ran from 2009 to 2016. It ran seven full seasons, and uh, it stars Juliana Margulies, uh, Christine Bransky, Alan Cumming, Chris Noth, and had uh, substantial guest roles from people like Michael J. Fox, Nathan Lane, Gary Cole, and Jeffrey Dean Morgan. So huge cast, and uh, it ran uh, seven full seasons. So we're talking, uh, what, probably about 140 episodes, give or take, uh, 156, pardon me. And the the show is great. Now, it does suffer from uh, a 20-plus episode season in that uh, on traditional networks you know you got a lot of filler you have these great story arcs but they probably should really only run about 12 or 15 episodes but they've got to fill into 20 to 22 to 24 episodes so there are certainly uh you know a handful of episodes that you sort of watch and go and eh, that really didn't advance the overall story arc but the character development the overall story is great the, the basic premise is that uh juliana margulies uh is married to uh chris Knott's character he's the attorney general of chicago and in the first episode you find out that he has uh, been uh, uh, caught cheating on his wife in a sex scandal, and he uh, is sent to prison uh, for for various, uh, you know, uh, uh, political related crimes. And so now you've got this um, uh, single mother who has given up her 
practice as a lawyer to be a full-time mom when the husband's career became tremendously successful and she's got to go back into the working world and with this stigma of hey I used to be someone important in this in society and now I'm looked on as a pariah because my husband's in prison and she's got to rebuild her own life and raise her kids and so she goes back to work at the law firm run by Christine Bransky and uh, political shenanigans ensue the uh, this reminded me very much of the West Wing in that it is again dialogue driven you've got these in, uh, incredibly well-developed characters and over the course of the seven seasons the uh the character of uh, juliana margulies character really comes into her own uh she gets her own political aspirations and you get to see uh some of the behind the scenes workings of how some of the political machine works some of the the shady dealings that go on or that we suspect go on um but ultimately given that it's on abc and uh, uh you know she is the hero it's it's and it it does sort of fall into that procedural um, uh, um, formula a little bit where most weeks by the end everything has is, is, uh, been put right or at least there's a you know for the most part a very positive spin put on it but don't let that uh, hurt your, your overall impression of this show it ran seven seasons for a reason and uh, it has actually spawned a uh, spinoff called The Good Fight which has completed two seasons and the third season is about to start so if you get into this show you enjoy this show you you like the the way the show is written and directed the feel of the show the style of the show the characters in the show uh you've got seven seasons of the good wife you've got two seasons of the good fight uh so there is a potentially a huge well of great tv to draw from here in this world so the good wife is uh, my number two Sounds good. So the two things that I'll mention about The Good Wife, uh, number one, uh, my wife has already seen this show. She watched the whole thing and she really liked it. She said it was really, really good. Um, the other thing is I remember oh, it was about a year and a half ago, uh, Derek, you and I went uh, on a little bit of a mini trip together and we went up uh, a bit north of here. and We went to see ZZ Top in concert and yes. we got a hotel room. We went to see ZZ Top. It was awesome at the casino. And then I remember we went back to the room afterward and then I'm like, OK, I got to go to bed. And you're like, oh, I'm just going to plug in my iPad, my iPad here, and I'm just going to watch The Good Wife. And I was like, what's that? Is that like, what is that like on Pornhub or something? (laughs) What is, what's that? It struck me as being a weird thing. Oh yeah, you go to bed, but I'm just going to watch The Good Wife. I'm like, what? So that always sticks out my mind. But my wife has already seen that one, so I don't know if I'll be able to watch it. I heard it was great though. I heard it was great. So. Well, I think it's got a lot of uh, performers that I know that you uh, enjoy. And I think that it's sharp enough. The, the, the themes are good. There's a, and I know you like politics. There's a lot of that um, state politics. And, and at a later point in the show, some of the characters run for, uh, for national office as well. So I, I think between the lawyer stuff and the politics stuff and the performances, uh, you, you'll enjoy it. The new, the new spinoff, The Good Fight, is uh, it's very uh, aware of today's political climate in the U.S. Uh, post-President Trump administration and uh, and there's a lot of political commentary that that happens so uh, i think that you'd enjoy it chris and i think that you would probably like the later part of the show even more so because it becomes very uh very self-aware of of the political climate in today's u.s and just two little uh more tidbits about the the cast obviously there's uh, michael j fox uh was in it and stalker channing was in that one too yeah, she plays uh, the mother, Juliana Margulies' one, character. Yep. Once again, the fish that saved Pittsburgh is coming into it, so I like that. Okay, Justin, what do you got? Okay, this uh, next one is my only one on the on at least my list of five, 
that is still going. And so if you're looking for a show maybe that uh, you'd like to watch live too, this one has already run. I believe they're currently in season – or they just finished season three and about to start season four or they're in season three. Uh, they've already been picked up for season four. But it's uh, it's The Good Place. Uh, it is a half-hour uh, comedy and it is so funny. But it's a comedy with a ton of heart and really a ton of brains even though it's – largely based on some uh stupid characters so it, it starts uh Kristen bell and uh ted danson uh and the premise of it is that four people are uh die and they wake up in the good place and the good place would be uh you know a construct of heaven and they're they're put into this neighborhood however one of the people Kristen bell who's the main character uh has been put there by accident and the story kind of follows how uh, she is going to try to uh, convince people that she actually belongs there, uh, and she's paired up with her soulmate, who is an ethics professor, uh, and everything starts to unravel, uh, and it just it's it's a it's fantastically done it's one of the best written shows on television uh currently uh it is uh done by michael schur who also uh came up with parks and recreation and got his start on the office uh it's it, just extremely funny but a lot of heart uh and really a lot of interesting questions about spirituality and religion and what is what the meaning of being good is Okay, so I will say this. Um, when, when I was looking to try and find a new show to binge watch, um, we actually looked at this uh, this show, The Good Place, and my wife was like, oh, well, we should try this one. And so I actually watched the first episode as well, and and, and I, I, I wasn't really taken by it. She liked it. She stayed with it. She, like, watched it. I didn't. Um, the, the problem that I had actually was Kristen Bell, and, and, and I'll explain it. Um, Kristen Bell is too good looking to play this part. That's what I thought, because to me, it struck me as this character was like kind of like a like like a like a like, a, like she she was a bad person in, in her previous life. And she was like kind of a loser and like this kind of thing. She was supposed to be in hell or something. And I was like, Kristen Bell's just too good looking. Like she just she's the wrong person to be cast in this role. So it I found it to be uh, difficult for me to get into for that reason. I don't know. I'm a, I'm a big I think into casting. You need, you need to give it the first full season. Um, because you, your conception of that and really the entire show, uh, it, it, I don't want I don't want to say anything and give it away for those who haven't watched it and may watch it. Uh, there are twists and turns in this that are so well written that you never see coming, uh, and that explain everything, uh, including, so, including that it, it's, uh, just something you need to actually really give, uh, at least the first full season, and I guarantee you, if you watch the first full season, you will watch the rest of them. Okay, fair enough. I'll do that. That, that brings to mind something else, because you mentioned that this show's still going. It's sort of live, as you said, quote-unquote. Mm -hmm. And this uh, this makes me think of something. Like I believe that binge-watching is a different experience than watching a show sort of the traditional way, you know, where you mm -hmm. wait every week like 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 i go back to lost like when lost came out is lost is one of the few shows that's of the millennial generation that i actually loved and i loved watching every week and it was like such um it was like i couldn't wait until the next week 
to watch another episode. And, and, and it was a different experience like than watching it all together. Um, I think some TV shows lend themselves to be binge-watched, and that's fine. And some don't. Um, one show that sticks out to me is The Walking Dead. I think if I were to binge-watch The Walking Dead, I don't think I would enjoy it very much because it would just be like too much. Just be too much over and over again. It's like, oh, this is too much. Whereas if you have a week in between, it kind of gives you a bit of a buffer. But so I, I definitely think that binge watching is a different experience than sort of the traditional way to watch. Do you guys agree? I completely yes. agree. And I think The Walking Dead is the perfect example because I think if you're watching it week to week, you don't think about the fact that it's really the same storyline over and over and over and over again. But if you watch it, you know, four, five, six episodes at a time, and you're watching the entire series over the course of a few weeks or, or a month, uh, you really realize that, oh my God, I just saw this storyline, even though it was two seasons ago. Uh, I just saw it last week. And that's, so. a good, and that's a good point because then you give, it gives you a week in between to kind of go back to that world and play around in that world for a little bit and then go away again. And then come back and play around in that world for a bit and mm-hmm. go away because you're right. Every week it's the exact same thing. Nothing happens. It's like seven mm-hmm. seasons, eight seasons. Nothing happens, you know. So, uh, Caveman, you got another uh, show that you want to sell me on? I do. Uh I'm, I'm going to hold the title for a minute, though. Okay. I'm just going to tell you a little bit about it first, and, sure. and I want you to just sort of, based on what I'm telling you, okay. you tell me if this if you think this might be something you'd like. Okay. Okay. So it's the show is based on a book, and the book is uh, is a nonfiction book written uh, by an author. So the author basically is the person who invented – um, psychological profiling for the FBI. Okay. So this the the, the author was a uh, psychologist psych- psychologist who uh, uh, you know in the 60s 70s worked with the FBI to help create the science of psychological profiling. So it revolutionized detective work. How do we find some of the the worst, wackiest, craziest criminals who uh, don't work within the traditional means of, at that time, what police understood bad guys to sort of be like? Uh, He was able to, to, I mean, it was an uphill battle because obviously change is bad. People fear change. And oh my God, this is unlike anything we've ever done. But uh, upon demonstrating some success, uh, cases that had never, ever been solved, that, that detectives were just up against a wall, they, they couldn't figure out how things come, were coming together, this guy was able to come into it, look at the details, apply the psychological profiling and say, you are looking for someone who fits this kind of a description and suddenly these impossible cases were being solved. Uh, so you take this this real-life story – with the author is the real life person who helped create this and you work with David Fincher the director of movies such as Seven mm-hmm. and the two of them put their heads together and say let's turn this real life story into a mini series and it's called Mind Hunter Mind it's Hunter it's ba- based on the book by da- by uh, John Douglas called Mind Hunter he actually John Douglas has written a whole series of books again all nonfiction all about how this 
application of psychological profiling has helped catch cases and and solve crimes and uh it's on it's on netflix it was uh ran in 2017 it is uh only run one season but it has been picked up for a second season and um it ran 10 episodes this is one of those ones that as with many netflix shows i think if it ran week to week it might have had a hard time finding an audience but when you can sit and binge and watch 10 one-hour episodes, maybe not all in one day, but over the course of a very short period of time, the pieces fall together very quickly, very nicely. Um, it doesn't have any huge, huge uh, star power behind it in the sense of people who are on screen, but it has a lot of actors where you're like, oh, I know that guy. Oh, I recognize that girl. Oh, well, that's the guy from that thing. Um, so you're not, uh, you know, you're, you're forced to focus on the story elements more because you're not distracted by, oh, well, that's my favorite actor. So that must be someone who's important to this story in some way uh, that, you know, they're not going to kill off that guy. He's clearly the star kind of thing. Um, but it's this, this, uh, again, it's like a psychological thriller, if you will. And it's, it's the way that this, this guy, you know, applies this new science to the methodologies used by, by the police and by FBI. And it's, uh, it's something I think you'd dig. Mindhunter, and it's a Netflix Net, Netflix produced show. Uh, yes, it is. I got. I will I, say that Netflix does seem to be able to tap into something when it comes to finding what people want to watch. And, and as I often tell my students in class, like like Netflix has their own marketing built right into it. It's inherent in the way that it's done because they can easily just go in and look at the data and go, this is what people watch. This is what people like. Like they were able to go in there and look at it and go, okay, we have our two most popular shows that we have are Breaking Bad and Arrested Development. Okay, well, somebody get Jason Bateman on the phone and tell him we want to get a show that's just like Breaking Bad about somebody that kind of gets into the crime world. And they're able to like to come up with shows based on their marketing that gives people what they want. You know, it's it's, it's a very intriguing uh, thing. Netflix is incredible the way that they do things. So I will definitely put that on the list. It's a new one, right? Okay, I'll give that one a try. Um, Justin, what do you got for me? I'm currently putting Mindhunter into my queue on Netflix. <laughs> Very amazing. Cool. Cool. Excellent. So, uh, I, I definitely will be checking that one out. And, and before I say my next one, uh, I just want to say I love doing this episode because uh, when we started, I had five that we were going to talk about, and then I had nine honorable mentions. I've already remembered a bunch of other shows because <laughs> of just talking this out uh, mm -hmm. that I'm going to add to my honorable mentions list. Uh, this next one, sometimes when you want to binge watch something, you don't want it to last a super long time in terms of, like the West Wing has seven seasons. Right, good point, uh, you know, good point. And so, sometimes you just want kind of a quick hitter, uh, especially if you're someone like me, who I, I, I do a lot of my TV watching at work, uh, which means on my weekends, I don't watch the shows, and sometimes I would just want to get it, get through it in a week. One of those kind of shows uh, is Rome. Rome is only two seasons long. Uh, it ran from 2005 to 2007. Uh, it was canceled because the production value uh, was so expensive that it, it wasn't economical for HBO to keep doing it. But man, is it fantastic. And if you're like me and you love history, uh, it just it's just a really well done show. It follows uh, a bunch of different uh, parts of Roman life uh, from pretty much the end of Julius Caesar and then the rise of uh, 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 Octavius. So 
it, it follows Octavius, it follows Caesar, it follows two uh, Roman legions, it follows Mark Antony. Uh, it's really, really well done. It's beautiful. Uh, it's well written. The storylines are very compelling. It is graphic. It is an HBO show about Rome. It is very graphic, has a lot of nudity, a lot of violence. So if that's not your cup of tea, you definitely probably want to stay away from it. Uh, but it, it I got no problem just, with nudity. <laughs> it was very, very well done. Uh, <laughs> and one of those shows that I can go back and rewatch multiple times uh, and and really just get something different out of it every time. I will say this. So we I kind of have two different types of shows that I like to watch when it comes to binge watching. Um, we've got the, the show that my wife and I will watch, like, you know, in the evening, you know, when everything's done, the kids go to bed, hey, let's watch a show. And then I have another uh, type of kind of, I don't, I almost want to describe it as like a mindless kind of show that you just kind of put on and like, I'll put things in perspective. So I was able to convince my wife when I first got married, she wouldn't allow me to have a TV in the bedroom. And then, you know, Justin, after a while, you get married for a while and it's like, okay, put a TV in the bedroom. <laughs> you know, this is the way things go. Right. So I finally was able to get a TV in the bedroom and I've got Netflix up in the bedroom with a Roku stick. And so there's a lot of times we'll go to bed and I'll put a TV show on, but I just want to just put something on just to fall asleep. And so I've been watching the office cause I'd never seen the office mm-hmm. and and it is fantastic. But that's my like falling to sleep kind of show that I might put on. Um, so I have those different kind of shows. So I just I was struck by that because you said sometimes you don't want to watch, you know, seven seasons of a show. You just want to watch something short. And I was kind of, you know, brought back to that. But uh, anyway, uh, um, you got something else for me, Caveman, that, that I should watch? I do. So I have uh, two shows on my list that are animated cartoons. Okay. Well, why don't, uh, well, why don't you give me – you want to give me them both together or just – No, I was going to say I'm just going to give okay. you one. I'll okay. throw the other one in later as an honorable sure. mention because I'm not really sure if you're really going to be 100 percent on board for either of them. Okay. So animated. I figure I'm going to go with the one that I, I think you would enjoy more even though I think the other one is immensely more popular. So uh, the one I'm going to talk about is called Big Mouth. It's, again, another Netflix show. It has completed two seasons. Uh, with a, They've already been picked up for a third season. Okay. Uh, the way that I describe this to people who don't know anything about this is if you were to imagine the kids from the South Park cartoon uh, who are supposed to be in the fourth grade were a few years older and a little bit more self-aware of, of you know, life in general. And, and, and one of the things I love about South Park is that the kids – are still kids. So sometimes they get some pretty strange ideas about things and they, they, you know, call things the wrong name and Mm -hmm. because they're, again, they're supposed to be naive and and inexperienced. Uh, So if we were to move that sort of story forward and they were seventh graders and they had the internet and they were a little bit more uh, um, in the know about how things are and how things work, but not completely because they are still kids. That's sort of the setup for, Big Mouth. Uh, the the summary here that I'm reading says this uh, series follows a group of seventh graders as they navigate their way through puberty, masturbation, and sexual arousal. And that may sound dirtier than it's supposed to, but it is um, uh, brought to you by the, com- the comedic minds of Nick Crawl and John Mulaney. Uh, it also features voice work from Jordan Peele, Fred Armiston, Maya Rudolph. Uh, it is one of the filthiest cartoons I've ever seen, but it is so on the nose, and they use the the dirty jokes and the bad words, and yet heartwarming and touching cartoons I've ever watched. It's, it, it helps these characters. Uh, it tells the story of how 
these seventh graders are navigating life as they're going through puberty, some more quickly than others. And it features stories told from both the point of views of the boys and the girls. So even though uh, I thought episode one was hilarious because it's all about the boys, my wife didn't really care for it. But by episode two, we got the story from the point of view of the girls, and my wife was 100% on board after that. And uh, the show is only half an hour. Each episode's only half an hour. I think each season's 10 or 12 episodes, so there's not a lot of overall hours to watch here. It's gone, gone through two seasons already with a third season on the way. It is, uh, it is great. Um, definitely not uh, appropriate for your little kids, even though the message is probably appropriate for kids approaching puberty. If uh, Chris, your kids aren't quite in uh, that grade seven yet, are they? How old no, are they? No, nine, nine, he's nine. So, so he's what, like grade four, grade five, somewhere? Grade in four, yeah. Yeah, so he's got a few more years. I, I definitely wouldn't. I mean, hey, you're his parent, but uh, I probably wouldn't <laughs> let my <laughs> no. watch this show. I don't have um, to worry about it. My, my wife would kill me. So yeah, but, but again, I think that if you and the wife watch it together, or maybe if you at least watch it, um, you know, you, you'd be able to identify, uh, uh, you know, hey, I can see my kid sort of falling into the the tropes of, of a couple of these kids on the show. Uh, it is it is educational. It makes a lot of very good points in in very funny ways. It tackles topics and discussions that maybe aren't often handled. Uh, in the right way on a say a public television show but because it's cable they can do things and say things and get away with things but uh, in season two they have an episode all about sex education and it is unlike any television sitcom that tackles sex ed and it is fantastic uh chris i think if you gave it a couple episodes you would enjoy it uh i don't know i mean I would encourage you to maybe see if the wife wants to watch it, but I think you may want to do a couple of screening uh, screenings of a couple episodes <laughs> before you do. But I would say check out Big Mouth. Uh, I, I think you'd enjoy it. Okay. So, uh, Justin, do you have any – you've mentioned lots of shows here. I think I've got a good takeaway, and, uh, and I'll share it with you in a bit. Um, do you have some, like, honorable mentions you just want to throw to me in the interest of time, just a, a bunch of other shows sure. I should consider? I have a ton of honorable mentions. Uh, my number five was going to be Band of Brothers. Uh, okay, I've never like, seen it. Uh, yeah, if you like Saving Private Ryan, it is a 10-part yep. mi miniseries uh, that follows Easy Company in World War II. Uh, fantastically done by uh, Tom Hanks. Uh, let's see. I'm just going to run down a bunch of them. Uh, Marco Polo, uh, a Netflix show. Fantastic. Yep, the never League, heard of it. If you the, the league is the is the, the league about a fantasy baseball league or something? Yeah, fantasy football. Yeah, um, and so it is. It is uh, done by uh, Nick Kroll and uh, a bunch of other guys as well. Extremely funny, extremely crass. How friends treat each other in a fantasy league. Uh, you being a fantasy guy, you must must go and watch that. Uh, Suits is a show that's still on the air. Uh, Psych is a fantastic show uh, that was on USA. Uh, that uh, uh, comedy, uh, buddy comedy about a guy who uh, uh, is pretending to be a psychic to work for a police department. Uh, if you like The Office, you're going to love Parks and Recreation. I've heard good uh, things. I've heard good things about that one. And if you like uh, Ozarks, I think you'd like Peaky Blinders, which is another Netflix show. Pe Peaky, uh, sorry, Peaky Blinders? Peaky Blinders. Peaky Blinders. Uh, it is a uh, crime. It is a crime drama or gangster drama set in the 1920s in England. Okay. Uh, fantastically done. It sounds uh, like a British show. Just the title, you know. It is. It's it, it, and it's really really good. Uh, if I, I'm assuming you being a, a Gen X guy, were you a fan of Quantum Leap? Loved it. I funny enough, it was an 80s show. I I've never seen an episode of it. Oh well, it. it 
if you ever go back and watch it and you like it uh, and you want to see an updated version, there was a show that only ran one season called Journeyman. Uh, and yeah. it was set in San Francisco. It Loved was it. fantastic. It was great. Yep. Uh, then uh, The Fall is another Netflix show, uh, uh, cr- uh, gritty uh, crime drama as well. John Adams, a miniseries based on the life of John Adams, is fantastic if, you, if you're into history. Here's one that I can't believe you've never watched. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's still on the air right now, The, uh, 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 the Goldbergs. It's on ABC. It is a half-hour comedy. It is set in the 1980s. I was going to say, it's a bit of a throwback show, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I, I haven't yeah. seen it. I've heard of it. But it's hilarious, it's even yeah. if you don't get the references. But my wife loves it even more than I do because she does. She's a little bit older than me uh, and is a Gen Xer, uh, remembers the 80s, unlike me. Uh, but even I can enjoy it. it it's really, really funny. Uh, and it's, lo- it's it's pretty much directly based on the life of the creator, uh, Adam Goldberg. And then he at the end, he shows clips from his life that match up to what the storyline was because he used to videotape everything growing up. So uh, that is a fantastic show. Sherlock, which is a British show based on Sherlock Holmes, uh, my favorite ever kind of adaptation of Sherlock Holmes. Luther is a uh, a gritty crime drama, a British show as well with uh, uh, Ildris Elba. Uh, Turn, which is an American uh, American show uh, based on the spies that helped the, the... uh, America win the Revolutionary War, and it also features one of my favorite people, which is Ian Kahn, who is a fantasy baseball enthusiast and, and in the fantasy baseball industry and a, a professional actor as well. Uh, and then finally, this one's for Yancey, uh, <laughs> a show called Jericho. It is a post-apocalyptic show uh, <laughs> that uh, what what would what would life be like in a small town if. Uh, the majority of American cities were hit by nuclear Holocaust. Uh, and even though it's something that you may not necessarily like from the sound of it, I actually really, really enjoyed it, even though I'm not usually into Yancey stuff, but I figure that's a shout out for Yancey. Oh, very cool. Uh, Derek, you got some honorable mentions you want to throw at me? Absolutely. Uh, not quite as many. Uh, actually, I just want to say of all the ones on Justin's list, uh, I actually had not seen a lot of the ones on his list. But uh, one of the ones that came highly recommended to me was Peaky Blinders, which I tried to watch. I watched two or three episodes and for the life of me, I could not get into it. It just did not work wow. for me at all. But uh, but I, almost every other one on your it's uh, too, list. It's it, too it, British for you, maybe. No, I think it was just that it's a period show, and mm-hmm. I just couldn't really get into the period. Everyone's like, yeah, but it's so great, and the outfits and the costumes and everything. I'm like, you know what? If that's your selling point is they look good, I'm like, I- I'm watching something else. Uh, it had a great cast, but I, personally, I just couldn't get into it. But a lot of the other ones on his list that I have seen are, were great, uh, and a number on his list I've been meaning to get to. So uh, my honorable mentions list is much shorter uh, because, again, I didn't know how many we were going to do. A Black Mirror we already talked about. It's a, a sci-fi show. Um, it's essentially um, – 60 minute to 90 minute movies and each episode is only like three or four episodes um it is currently uh, uh running on netflix the newest one dropped just a few weeks ago uh i think it's called bandersnatch if i remember correctly is the name of the little movie slash episode and it is a choose your own adventure show you use your remote control to choose the scenes of the show to figure out the outcome. So, Chris, if you watched it and I watched it, we would get different outcomes depending on the choices we make as we watch the show. It's very meta and very crazy. Uh, it, it, yeah, wow. it's a it's a crazy use of and the it's medium. Ba- Sorry, you said it was called Bandersnatch. Is that think the, it's called Bandersnatch? It's it's. Isn't Black that the Mirror, guy that played Doctor Strange? 
Uh, that's Cumberbatch. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> who also <laughs> is in the Sherlock adaptation that Justin just mentioned, oh, there you which go. is fantastic. Uh, so anyway, Black Mirror, full, uh, it's a bunch of little, uh, you know, uh, mini movies that are about technology. They're, they're sort of told in the not too distant future. What if some aspect of technology sort of ran amok or, or did something a little bit out of left field? So, uh, that again is sort of a Yancey shout out. Um, my second animated show was Rick and Morty, uh, which basically the premise of that one, if you took um, from Back to the Future, if you took Marty and Doc Brown and and you called them Rick and Morty instead of Doc and Marty uh, and you took them on these crazy adventures, that's essentially the in, in the, you know, the one line reading of what is Rick and Morty. But it's it's very adult. It's very rude. It's uh, again, I'm not sure if you'd like that so, one so much, Chris, or not. So that's why I didn't. Put it on the main list. Uh, Ballers features Dwayne The Rock Johnson as an ex-football player who is now an agent representing the football players he once played beside. Uh, I think, again, being a sports guy, you'd probably find that uh, that show pretty good. It's on HBO. I think it's run, if I remember correctly, four or five seasons now. Uh, Ballers has run four seasons with a fifth season on the way. Uh, Billions, I've talked up a number of times on this show, so I won't go into that. And the last honorable mention I have on my list is Westworld. Again, this is an updated adaptation of the um, uh, the Ewell Brenner movie into, from '73. It was a movie, yeah, yeah and it was created by um, Michael Crichton. Park, thank yeah, you very much. Yeah. The name was escaping me. Um, obviously, it's inspired by that original work, but it has uh, been really flushed out. Uh, it's got two full seasons, two excellent seasons uh the cast is a plus top notch it's uh got a lot of mis- uh, a lot of mystery a lot of twists and turns um it's it's they take full advantage of of the new uh technology and computer animation the show looks fabulous it's got a huge cast uh and uh again it's it's one where each season has a, a major story arc, but the two seasons combine together quite nicely. Um, so, yeah, those are my honorable mentions. So you mentioned uh, Westworld, and I actually tried to watch that one. And you mentioned the cast, like Evan Rachel Wood. Like, I can't take my eyes off of her when she's on the screen. She is absolutely mesmerizing in that. But I didn't like the show. I think I made it through three episodes, and then I just called it quits. I, it was just too bizarre for me, and it was a little too weird. I've been taking feverish notes throughout this whole show, and I'm going to um, go back and come back to you guys and I'm going to let you know the two shows that I've picked to watch. Do you want to know what they are? Justin, well, one, one is yours and one is a caveman's. So our, before we uh, we get to that, I actually had one more for realsy show I wanted okay. to talk to. Do we go have, for it. can we squeeze one more? Yeah, in? of course. Go for it. Okay. I, I'm going to, I guarantee this will make your list because it stars Henry Winkler. Oh, oh God. Well, give it to Whoa. me. Okay. This show. It's not Joni Loves Chachi, is it? No, no he wasn't in that one. This show is Happy from last from last year, 2018, it's called Barry. It stars. It was written, created, directed, and stars Bill Hader, who many people will probably remember from Saturday Night Live. Right. And it stars Bill Hader and Henry Winkler. And the premise is that uh, Bill Hader's character, Barry, was a hitman, uh, like an assassin for the U.S. government. And he is uh, in private practice, and he wants to retire. And he decides he wants to be an actor. Why not? And... Um, Henry Winkler is the acting coach, and it is a group of terrible actors led by a terrible washed-up actor himself, and Barry just finds something that, that works for him, and he tries to fit in. But at the same time, his handler won't let him retire from being an assassin, and it's not a, 
you know, a ha-ha, laugh-out-loud comedy. It is very much a drama that has a lot of funny parts, but the performances are fantastic. Uh, Henry Winkler uh, won an Emmy. Um, uh, the show itself also won. It is uh, only put out one season. They are in the process of making season two. The episodes are fairly short, uh, but it's got Henry Winkler. So I got to think, Chris, that in and of itself will get you to watch the first episode. Two things about that show. Number one, um, I was getting all ready, as you know, back in October to go to the Hamilton Comic Con to meet Henry Winkler, to meet the Fonz. I was so excited. And then um, he won the Emmy for Barry and then he canceled his appearance there. I don't know if it was because he won an Emmy you know, or whatever, but I was just so crushed that I didn't get a chance to go see Fonzie. So there's that. And there's a similar show kind of to that, I think, because I did find um, a show on Netflix called The Kaminsky Method that's about um, uh, an acting coach, and it's played by Michael Douglas, and of course, Alan uh, Arkin is in it, who I just absolutely love. And... um, I really like that show a lot. So I don't know. I, I so kind of want to watch it, kind of don't. But uh, anyway, so uh, I just wanted to Winkler, share. With- Winkler also does a few episodes of Park and Rec- uh, Parks and Recreation. Ah, so you're trying to sell me that one. Um, I, I, like I said, I've made a lot of notes, so I'm going to come back here with you guys. This is what I've come up with. So uh, Justin, I picked one of your shows, and uh, Caveman, I picked one of your shows that I that I'm willing to watch. Um, Justin, your show, The West Wing. I think that's the show that I need to watch. So I'm going to go ahead and, and watch that one, and then um, I don't let you know how. That that works out. And uh, Caveman, the show that I picked it of all the ones that you gave me, I actually uh, came in with Big Mouth. That's the one I want to watch. Nice. I, I, I think it's going to be right up my alley. I do like that kind of humor. I like that kind of stuff. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. So I'm going to watch, do my best to watch both those shows and then get back to you guys on that. Uh, now that because we're running a bit late on time, uh, it's time now to have some fun with Caveman. Okay, guys. So here's what we're going to do. Justin, since you're a fantasy baseball guy, Mm-hmm. And Derek, since you're like a Vegas guy, you like betting and odds and that kind of thing. I'm going to you guys understand the concept of of over under. Right. So we're going to do a game with that. First of all, I should mention when it comes to seasons of a TV series, there's a there's a there's a phenomenon that's happened in the in the millennial generation that just irks me. And this is this idea. I think it's ever since Survivor came out and started doing like two episodes, like two runs of episodes a year. And they call them seasons. You know, mm-hmm. so then it's like Survivor's been on for like 35 seasons. No, it's been on for 15 years. You know what I mean? Like it's like so that that's always irked me. Um, but I, we're, I'm talking about TV seasons here. And what I want to do is I'm going to give you the over under. I'm going to set the over under at 5.5. All right. Because then we know because it can't be an even number. You know, it's got to be over or under. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go back and forth with you guys. I'm going to give you a, a TV series. And I want you to tell me if the over under on the number of seasons that it ran is over or under 5.5. Pretty simple, right? You got it? Yep. Okay. So, uh, just, Justin, I'll start with you. Lost, over or under 5.5? Oh, God. Um, I have seen Lost, and it has seven seasons. I'm going to go over. Okay. You are right. It's over. It's six seasons. Okay. Six so, seasons. Caveman. The Love Boat, over or under 5.5 seasons? I, I really hope it was under. Uh, no, it's 10 years. It was over. Wow! <laughs> wow! Okay, Justin, here's an easy one for you. It's right in your wheelhouse, too. The Sopranos. Did The Sopranos run over or under 5.5 seasons? Over. You're correct. It ran for six. All right. Uh, Caveman, WKRP in Cincinnati, over or under 5.5 seasons? 
I, I want to say it ran five seasons, so I'm going to say under. It is under. It only ran four, though. Okay. okay. All right, uh, Justin, I know you're a little bit younger, but still, I want to give you an old one to see how well you know Happy Days. Did Happy Days run over or under 5.5? Ooh, this is a tough one because I have never seen – I've seen episodes of Happy Days, but I've never watched, like, full seasons of it. Uh, I'm going to say that it was under. Uh, no, it was 11 seasons. It was over. Uh, sticking with the 80s, Cabin, I'll give you an easy one. Night Court. Over or under 5.5 seasons for Night Court? Way, way over. I think it ran like 10 seasons. It ran nine seasons. You're correct. I love All right. Night Court, by the way. Going with yep. the 80s. You like the 80s, right, Justin? You're into that? I'm not into it, but I watched it on syndication when I was a kid. All right. Well, if you liked syndication shows when you were a kid, then tell me, over or under 5.5 seasons for Saved by the Bell? Oh, it's over 5.5. No, it was only four seasons. Only four seasons long. All right, K-Man, we're going back to the 70s. I want you to tell me Charlie's Angels. Did it run over or under 5.5 seasons? Oh, uh, I'm going to say under. Yes, it was five seasons, just under. All right, uh, Justin, the, the 80s. We're a great time for TV shows, and none was better maybe than Knight Rider. Did Knight Rider go over or under 5.5 seasons? Oh, my God. I've never seen an episode of Knight Rider. Uh, I've only seen it as a joke on other things. Um, I'm going to say it went over. No, it was only four seasons. Uh. It was under. I'm sorry. Uh, okay, uh, Caveman, here's one for you from the 80s. Perfect Strangers with Palky. Over or under 5.5? Oh. Uh, I, I would be shocked to learn that that's over. So I'm going to say under. Uh, it was over when eight seasons from 86 wow. to 93. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> All right, Justin, sticking with the 80s into the 90s. Who's the boss? Who's the boss? Over or under 5.5? Oh, ooh, um, I'm going to say went over. It did. It lasted for eight seasons. So very good. All right. Uh, let's stick with the 80s for a little bit. Uh, caveman, Alf. Alf over or under 5.5? Uh, I don't know. Under. Yes, it was. It only ran for four seasons. All right, uh, Justin, The Wonder Years, over or under 5.5 seasons? I have to believe a show as popular as The Wonder Years went more than over. I'm going to go over. Yeah, it did. Just barely by six. All right, let's go, uh, Caveman, with the A team. Over or under? 5.5. No, I got to say that's under. Yeah, it was. It was only five seasons. All right, Justin, uh, we're going to go way back. Let's see if you can remember this one from the 70s into the 80s. Three's Company. Three's Company over or under 5.5? I'd like to point out the fact that I was born in 1984, so uh, <laughs> but I'm going to say that it was over. Yes, it was. It ran eight seasons. It ran from 1976 until the year you were born in 1984. Caveman Designing Women over or under 5.5 seasons? Over. Yes, it ran for seven seasons. All right, Justin, um, this one is, uh, it's going back a little bit far for you, but how about the Dukes of Hazard? The Dukes of Hazard. Over or under 5.5? I'm going to say under. Uh, no, it ran for seven seasons from 79 to 85. Um, all right, I got a tough one for you, K-Man, because these ones I want to try and trick you. Remington Steel. Over or under? Um, uh, oh, I, I would... I think that probably went under five. 
It did. Uh, just, just barely. It was it was five seasons. All yeah. right, uh, this was a bit of a tough one, uh, but uh, probably way before your time, Justin. It was, but uh, the Muppet Show. You've heard of the Muppet Show? Did it run I over or under five point five seasons? I'm gonna go over, but I have no idea. <laughs> No, it was only five seasons. It ran from 76 to 81, believe it or not. And finally, Caveman, I'm going to make a tough one for you. Alice, kiss my grits. Alice, run over or under 5.5 seasons. Uh, I would... uh, I'm going to say under. No, it ran nine seasons from 76 to 85, if you can believe it. So a lot of fun. Some of those uh, shows lasted a lot longer than we thought. Some a little bit shorter than we thought. But uh, overall, it was a lot of fun. Guys want to say thanks a lot. Justin, thanks a lot for taking the time uh, to join us. Just want to remind everybody uh, where they can find you, what the other shows you got going on are. Oh, God. Uh, I do three podcasts, three different podcasts, uh, Friends of Fantasy Benefits. Uh, I do a football and baseball show there. Uh, then The Sleeper in the Bus with uh, Paul Spore, Jason Collette, and Nick Pollock. And then I do my own podcast, the Great Fantasy Be- Baseball Invitational Podcast uh, for a uh, fantasy baseball competition that I run. Very, very cool. So make sure to check you out there. And uh, Derek, uh, you'll be able to reach on Twitter at Amaron underscore DM. You'll find me on Twitter at C. McBrien. And you'll find all of our contact information at the website, popgoesyourworld.com. On behalf of Derek Myers, this is Chris McBrien saying thanks for listening to Pop Goes Your World, the pop culture podcast for the generations. Thanks for listening to Pop Goes Your World. You can contact Chris and Derek at popgoesyourworld.com. Please take a minute and review the podcast on iTunes or wherever you download and listen to the show. 